Hi, and welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you like today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. This is the part where if you if you understand Alzheimer's and dementia, it won't be shocking or surprise, but folks that don't, this part can feel embarrassing. I'm your host, Valerie Borgman, and today's episode is all about what happens when that first move to memory care isn't the last. Today, we're talking with Troy Scott, who helped his mom find a memory care community for his dad. They knew their first move was temporary, and they hoped the second would be the last but that was far from their experience. Find out what it was like to go from place to place, why they had to make so many moves, and what made that last move so special. Your family went through so many twists and turns, so many moves, and I know there are other families out there that worry about having to make more than one move. So I'm really interested to hear what that was like for you and for your family. And so let's start with the first move. What was that like when you knew that Jack couldn't stay home anymore and he needed to move to memory Mm -hmm. care? And how did you even know that memory care was an option? Well, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at this, um, my family had the experience of having my grandfather, um, my my mom's dad had Alzheimer's. So he had been in a memory care unit. And so we knew that there were such a thing as a memory care unit. It was a rough time when we were figuring out that Jack needed to go. I mean, the real indicator was not not so much Jack as it was my mom. It was getting harder and harder for her to take care of him. And finally, it just crescendoed to a point where we had we knew we had to do something and we had to do something right away. So it was a little bit tricky, that first move, because we had to kind of work through, okay, this is this is the move that takes you from the home to somewhere else. That was tough. It was extra tough. It was extra you, tough because I was I was out of town, right? right? I was gone. And my mom was here. I mean, I was far away. I'd flown down. I think I was in Palm Springs with my in-laws. And um, I got the call and I ended up needing to work with Jack's doctor, of course, with my mom, with a psychologist. And we had to get him out of the house just immediately. My mom my mom had reached a point of stress where it was time. Sadly, I couldn't be here. So, um, you know, when it was happening. So we had to work through that to get Jack into a temporary place, which was the hospital in the town where they were living at the time. Mm. So he was in there for a weekend. That was the first move, truly. The very first move. And and that was something that you worked with his doctor on to kind of come up with this emergency Mm -hmm. plan yes it was very much with the doctor with actually the nurse practitioner she was amazing you Mm -hmm. know finding the right people through the process is what I would say is really important people that kind of get what's going on and um, do a little more than just check the boxes right Mm -hmm. and it's kind of part of your experience too as far as what that next move was and the one after that and (laughs) (laughs) why you had more than one and so at this point so now your your mom has sort of this break. Um, you come back from vacation. Mm-hmm. What was that next move? Was it another temporary move? Uh, yes, it had to be a temporary move because we didn't have time to really plan. I think this is the thing that, you know, we just didn't, 
we didn't know that it was going to, my mom was going to reach a point where we were watching Jack before we were watching the caregiver, right? We're watching my stepdad and we kept looking at the indicators in him when really it should have been looking at the indicators in my mom. So that's a wow. learning, that's a yeah. learning for me. So this move wasn't really planned very well and was again, fortunate enough that my stepsister, Jack's natural daughter worked for a facility that had memory care in it. It was very expensive, but we could move quickly. We were able to get people to help us do an evaluation and figure out what to do and and how to move him to that facility relatively quickly because, you know, he was he was basically just in the hospital under observation and we needed to be able to take him from the hospital to this location because going back home would have been traumatic for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, so the second move was temporary. You knew it was going to yes, be temporary we knew. because of the financial Correct. reasons. Yeah, it just was, okay. you know, we knew that we were going to get him in there. I mean, we'd hope that maybe we could negotiate something manageable, but you know, it just, that's not how it worked out. I had to find something, something better. And that the other move, the other part of that move was to also move him to a location that might be closer to me because my mom was also in the process of moving closer to me. We knew that that was going to happen. Too. There were a lot of moving. That's a lot. Lots of moving going on. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so how did you, how did you find that next memory care community? The... The next one, the one that I thought was going to be the last move, like this was the, yes. I was like, well, get in there. And once he's there, I know where he's at and it's going to be just fine. You know, this is, that's how it worked for my grandfather. That's how I expected it to work for Jack. Um, I found it by, by just calling and calling and calling places. Mm. I mean, and looking around and trying to figure things out using those free books they hand out that give like lists and lists in them and trying to kind of figure out what to do from there. I mean, there's kind of a nice little story here too. I called down to the home, my hometown to see if they knew anybody up here. And the hometown person I talked to, I knew her just happened to like, and talked to her, you know, since I was in high school years and years and years ago, but um, she knew me and she said, Oh, we have a facility near you. And it was, you know, there in Burien, where we ended up moving him. And so I felt good about that. And I felt really good too, because I I met the the nurse that was in charge of the memory care. She was great. I'm like, oh my gosh, she clicked. She understood what I was needing to do and how I was not only working with my dad, my stepdad, but I was also working with my mom because I needed somebody that could help her feel okay too. And I was really happy with that experience. Yeah. Like that nurse was really good at figuring out that it wasn't just Jack, it was also my mom. So how come that move didn't turn out to be the last move? Because Alzheimer's is different for different people. For Jack, the trick was that he became more agitated and more irritable. And eventually he hit at his caregivers. You know, he was a bit belligerent with like not wanting to do what they wanted him to do. It just, he changed. He changed in a short amount of time. I mean, he was unhappy, of course, not being at home, but he was more unhappy and confused and frustrated and all those things that come with Alzheimer's stuff we didn't know like I didn't know about the aggressiveness that could come eventually that facility didn't work out because of that yeah and there were a couple of things there because the nurse that you really liked (laughs) 
ended up yes not long it was less than a month (laughs) after we had moved in like you know we had this great relationship as I was preparing I think we spent almost a month kind of getting ready you know we needed to wait for the room Mm. we needed to do all that as we got ready I was like really got to know her super well I knew the staff I could see that she was definitely leading the staff I felt really confident in her and then unexpectedly she left the facility I mean she probably wouldn't want to you know, that's, that's her private business, but I was like, darn, (laughs) I wish you would have told me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So once she left, everything changed in the, in the memory care they had, they actually went through two different people in the role of being in charge of memory care unit. Mm. And during that time they were trying to figure out their groove and Jack was figuring out his groove, which was not aligned at all with what was happening eventually after calls to the police and then calls to me asking me what are what are we going to do and I have no idea I'm like tell him to stop hitting (laughs) you're like I don't 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 know know. (laughs) this is not my job I can't I'm like I know that like every time that you call me or call my mom please only call me because I could space from it a little bit more than my mom could finally got them to just call me when it was happening but I mean they would sometimes call the police and the police then would talk to me and say listen, you need to do something about this. And I'm like, what? (laughs) That's why he's in memory care. I'm like, I don't know. And so it was very confusing and really rough, really, really rough. Because I liked liked the facility. It was super convenient for my mom, who had then been relocated by that point. So she could drive there on her own. It was really simple to find minutes away. And so being told that we were going to have to move, I'm like, and move somebody who's aggressive. I'm like, how, who's going to take him? How's this going to work? Yeah. Well, hopeless, yeah. like seriously hopeless at many moments in that, in that experience. Well, and especially because they even had you hire additional That's outside right. care. That's right. I'm glad you remember. <laughs> I blocked that out every time. It was so his behavior was such, and they were so unprepared. Like, again, I think that had the other person been there, I think they would have been more prepared, but they just really weren't prepared for, for this kind of behavior. So they had us hire extra help. So the money that we were had been spending at the other facility, we ended up kind of doubling down at this other facility. And I'm like, oh, you know, uh, if this was how it was going to be, it would have been better just to stay there longer, the first one. Because it ended up we were paying for a facility and for 24-7 care to come in separate from all the rest yes. of the staff. His very own person assigned to him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which is very expensive. Very expensive. Yes. <laughs> you were in another situation where you were buying right. time. That's all we could do. And I was trying to buy as much as I could. I was like, <laughs> they, you know, they wanted him to go as soon as possible. And I'm like, you know, what's possible to you might not be possible to us. Especially because now I have to relocate somebody who is going to be more difficult to place. Memory care is already hard enough. Yeah. Like, really, when I was looking for places that would take memory care before trying to find a facility that was focused on memory care, it was really hard to find placement for him. Today's episode is brought to you by ClearPath Senior Living Solutions. ClearPath helps families find assisted living, memory care, and other resources. Find our contact information in today's show notes. So obviously this option was not working out. What was the next option? Which, which, by the way, we're not no, even done. No, we got <laughs> right? we got to move or two. <laughs> so what? Yeah, what was this the next, next option? option? Was something that I hadn't really considered, and that was the adult family home. This is when we, you and I got to meet, which is 
seriously yeah. another uh, like I talked about the I talked about the nurse that kind of helped me when my mom was having crisis I talked about the nurse at this other place there are wonderful people throughout this process and you are absolutely one of those Valerie oh, I couldn't I, I told you I was kind of feeling helpless I yeah. think that in meeting with you I mean like I was trying to find memory care and it was like super expensive especially for aggressive because remember you pay for mm-hmm. the facility then they assess your person and they charge even more. So that was like yes. expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so I met you and you said, what about an adult family home? And I'm like, oh, what? Like, is they, <laughs> do they take people who have Alzheimer's? And I mean, I kind of knew they did, but I just, I hadn't been able to find anybody. And you said, no, I, you reassured me. You said Jack can be placed. Like he, we can find a, a place for him, a place that will be good for him and will be good for your mom because remember that's another Mm. big piece of this whole thing is I was worried about her too yeah it was a new it it became a new option I mean it is quite different it's you know it's yes you know with six Mm -hmm. residents so it's it's that small environment and it isn't what people typically think of and and so what was that next experience like it was another nurse nurse run place and i mean that was one of the things in kind of talking to you i really wanted to have that experience of having a nurse because his medications were changing you know there was things changing in him and just having a nurse felt like it would be it's a little bit easier because then i wouldn't have to transport him all the time and and somebody can be there to kind of help with medication issues and advice and guidance. And, you know, I was excited to when I met the nurse that ran the next house. She was great. I was a little reticent, but, you know, you kind of helped me get my head around it, being okay that he was going to be in that house. The other trick was that I kept telling you, Valerie, over and over, I'm like, it can't be very far. It has to be close by. <laughs> and you're like... You're like, well, Troy Scott, here's what we've got, you know, like, so you did, you took us around and you said, you know, here's a few places that are close. And it was, it was good. It like, you know, again, it kind of ticked those boxes that we were looking for. I felt good about who was there. It it just felt like it was going to be, it was going to be okay. It was going to. And then then suddenly it wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) This is the part where if you, if you understand Alzheimer's and dementia, it won't be shocking or surprise, but folks that don't, this part can feel embarrassing to the family and, mm-hmm. and to, to folks that are close to them. But Absolutely. you know, what started happening here is the aggression continued to a degree, but the nurse was good in managing it and transitioning him. And I think we were there all of two weeks, but then Jack started to remove his clothes at night. And when he would remove his clothes, then he started going into other people's rooms. And once that happened, understandably distressed another one of the residents and their family. And the the person running the house had no choice but to say, I have objections from this family, you know, and I have to ask you to move again. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I know. And and are you kidding me? (laughs) And and this wasn't even anything. Jack wasn't doing anything. (laughs) It was just all so awkward. Again, that experience, like this is where if we start talking about these things more, I think it'll help the public understand a little bit better. So mm-hmm. like, had, yeah. the, had they had this experience at all with dementia, maybe they would have been a little more um, able to find, find the rational part of it. But if you, I don't want to live anywhere where I'm scared. And if the person that was in the room is scared, I can understand. You know, yeah. it wasn't even a month that he was there. It was not yeah. that long. So we're no. moving again. And this is where you're like, <laughs> yeah, this is where you're like, uh, Valerie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you taking my call? Like, you won't believe this, but I've got to ask for your help 
yet again. I wasn't even sure if you'd want to after we had been such a pain in the oh, neck no. when I like, kept saying, no, no. But it has to be closer, <laughs> Valerie. We can't go this far out. This, But this point, you you were really, what was helpful here was to have you saying, we really need to look for the right place, even if it's a little farther away than what your goals are. Yeah. I know that, you know, you, you were understanding with my mom, really kind with her to explain to her mm. how the, her having to go a little bit farther to visit would mean that he would have a better experience. And I think it was nice because, you know, I can logically say that as her kid, but it coming from a third party, it's just made it a little bit easier for me so a little support for you yes exactly when I'm like hey you know I can teach you how to get to the next location and hopefully this would be our last location is what we were you know like I just was surprised I mean like I just imagined one move you know one move it was not it did not work out that way at all but this was the last move this was the last move and it was the right move and it was yeah what was different um well the 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 experience that this caregiver really had with dementia was very very strong and she's magic like she has like this aura about her that lets her communicate with her residents at the level that they're at if this makes any kind of sense like when my mom and i visit my dad my stepdad and her husband when we visit hint jack we would be kind of like still expecting to be I mean even though we understood still expecting to be like able to talk to him while we normally would mm-hmm. but for for you know the person running this home and the way she worked with her staff everybody would find Jack where he was at and work with him from there if he was like aggressive within a couple of weeks they had that totally out of his system because they just really recognized what it was that was causing it they were super observant and thoughtful mm-hmm. about what could be agitating him, whether it's just the change in light, right? Like that was part of it or, right. or just, you know, he's getting frustrated because he couldn't say what he wanted to say. Mm-hmm. She just, she knew how to get there and really find him. So that was a piece of it. Also just the environment of the community in that house in particular, how she runs it, where you walk in, I'm walking into the home and I'm not only was meeting Jack, but I was meeting all the other residents too. Like she was making sure that I wasn't isolated. And this was actually really good for my mom. It was really spectacular for her because, you know, relocated herself. Now Jack has moved three times, three different places that she was visiting him directly at. And and this place pulled her into the community of, of the people that live there and also Jack too, right? Like, so it was really nice. Yeah, it, it became that true support for her. Mm-hmm, it absolutely did. I mean, don't get me wrong, she had her complaints, but, you know, <laughs> she just... <laughs> yeah, nothing's going to be perfect when it's your spouse, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So she would just tell me so that I could I could talk about it, you know. But the, but the other thing is, too, is that there was really good communication, um, really good, like, boundaries, too, um, that the person running that home had. She, like, started off right away. She said... I communicate with one family member and that family member is the family member who tells everyone else. This keeps things from getting confusing. She was very clear in that. And she was also, she did something that I can't imagine very many people doing. She wanted to be involved with Jack's like medical care, but not just the way that I had envisioned. She said, 
when he's going to appointments, I want to come with you. Mm. So schedule with me and I will come. And as a result, the, ag- the agitation, she was able to work with the doctor to talk about the medications. And wow. she's like, I think this medication needs to be a little bit higher. And I think we should get rid of this one. She understood it enough because, again, her experience was just really strong yeah. in this area. By having her come to the appointments with us and having that skill. I mean, I don't know what those drugs are. I have no idea. Right. I, would look, I would Google them, but that's all. But she did great. She was fantastic about that. Yeah. One of the other things that you had mentioned about her was that she was very creative, like Mm -hmm. in the way she approached Jack. Everyone is so individual with how they present. And I think that was also key is is finding someone that was very, very interested in him specifically. And she looked for staff members who would emulate that same kind of experience, too. She could find him when I couldn't. Like Mm. I would be there and I wouldn't be sure what he was saying, but she somehow could get him to say what he was trying to say. It was, it was magic. And like, it was really special. I can tell you that that ability to really communicate and kind of bring that together was something that she could do in a way that others, I mean, like I couldn't figure it out. He's my, I mean, I grew up with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's my dad. You guys went through so much. In the end, it's like each thing that happened was pushing you toward the right thing. It's true. And that's, we could look at things from like, oh, I mean, you had to do this to get here. I mean, like if I look at the experience from all of the challenge only, it's pretty yucky. Yeah. But because each of the places there was something good that I could focus on. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it this way again. Don't get me wrong. But I felt good about each little step, mm-hmm. you know? Like the first step, that that leaving, leaving home step was really hard. But I met that physician's assistant who worked with me and taught me things about looking out for more than just Jack, but also for my mom in this whole process, right? I just think that it's finding the right people and if you can find people who know the right people, yeah. that's even better because that's the, you get connected that way. So having good people with good connections is really helpful. Would that be your one doable tip, do you think? <laughs> or do you have another just one thing that really helped you get through all of this? You know, what was really helpful was <laughs> for me, like the structure of a financial plan. We, we sat down, we figured out the money all as we knew he was getting sick. I yeah. knew what we needed to accomplish financially. So I didn't have to be thinking about that. I had to think about that number all the time, but I didn't have to calculate it in the middle of crisis. Right? You knew what the number I was. I knew what the number was. I knew what we needed to do, how the Medicaid system would work. Should we deplete the funds? I, and I knew enough to have that little piece of a, a roadmap, <laughs> even though there was like, you know, driving along the road, there was suddenly no bridge and we had to turn around a few times. But I had, a, I had a map that told me what we needed to do. And that was really helpful. And sharing that map relatively openly, like telling people, hey, like the first place, I can, he can only be here for a little bit, but you know, you guys can help us get him in. And if you could meet our financial needs of being able to have him on Medicaid, should this date arrive and we pay this much, you know, that clarity was really, really good. 
And it was helpful too. And just talking to you too, because then I could just say, here's mm-hmm. my, here's my budget. Here's what I've got to do. And here's my timeline until we right. run out right. of money. Yeah. So either have that number in place or have a family member that loves numbers yeah. or <laughs> you even used an elder law. Attorney. Yes, we did. That was, it was worth the money on that because that attorney explained how everything works and how to protect assets for my mom. Who's, you know, years younger than my stepdad. I wanted to make sure that she's protected too, but at the same time, we wanted him to have good care. That part was really helpful because then having that done meant the only crisis that I had was the moving, you know, mm-hmm. versus like, oh, what's this move going to mean for money? Yeah, you already had that figured yeah. out. So that was probably the best part for me. Well, Troy Scott, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really think that other families could be helped by hearing what you guys went through. Good. Well, I hope to help people. I know that I know that I still willingly share like a redacted version of our plan with people because, you know, it's if they need it, I want I want them to be helped the same way that I've been helped. I want to return it. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.